Science, exercise, nutrition, health, energy, passion. One year, no beer. This is the One Year No Beer podcast, where you will find all the latest tips, tricks, and hacks for a way to live better. Jamie Lee Grace is a TV presenter, radio personality, featuring on BBC Radio 2 with people like Steve Wright and even had her own show. She was a singer alongside George Michael, Boy George, and even toured with Wham! Now she's a journalist, and most importantly, she is an alcohol-free inspirationalist, running her own sober events and podcast. Wow, Janie, welcome to the show. I'm great, thank you. And you? Yeah, really good, thank you. Really good. It's interesting. I'm sorry I'm sharing this with everybody, but I know we were slightly delayed in kickstarting the the interview together today. And most of that was my technology problems. <laughs> but some of it was your traffic problems. And I was thinking about how I don't have any problem with traffic these days. Oh, lucky um, you. Are you showing my, off now because you live somewhere I fabulous? Am. I am. <laughs> my traffic problems may be a sheep or two. Um, <laughs> Lovely. Or this morning having to jump start the car. But anyway, oh. traffic problems. <laughs> oh, I'm very jealous. It must be lovely living up there. It is. It's absolutely fantastic. Well, it is today, but it's been miserable for the past month or so. And Jen, my wife, is looking around to me going, why did we move to Scotland again? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So whereabouts are you? I'm in Hertfordshire. So yeah, it's, it's nice being here, but I, I would I'd move to the sea tomorrow, literally tomorrow. Sadly, my husband doesn't share my passion, but I love being near the sea. It's transformational. Mm, and, I know. Um, I've been on, on the sea all my life and um, really? it was only, only the stint in, in down south where I didn't have a boat and I finally got myself a boat. So I'm going to be on the sea a bit more. Wow, lovely. We could record the next podcast on the sea. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> in person. <laughs> I'll come, yeah, I'll definitely come. Any excuse to be by the sea. <laughs> awesome, you're invited. That would be great. Good. Let's get together. Good. Let's get together, have a meeting, but it's got to be up here. So Jenny, um, tell us a bit of background about yourself. Okay, well, I wear quite a lot of hats. So <laughs> quite a lot of people know me from uh, because I'm a presenter and I'm on BBC Radio 2 and I used to be on Virgin Radio and I've done a fair bit of uh, Italian radio. So that's my kind of media hat. Long before that, I was a singer. So a few people know me from that. And then really for the last kind of 15 years, certainly 14 years, I've been doing my holistic living stuff. So I wrote a book, Imperfectly Natural Woman. It was 13 years ago. I sometimes joke that I was writing about kale before it had its own publicist. Um, <laughs> I, was, uh, I, was, I was way ahead of myself in the whole uh, wellness thing. Um, and so that book was the number one Amazon bestseller and it kind of changed my life really. And I, then I kind of ended up uh, running a website and, and just doing, you know, becoming a speaker and doing lots and lots around holistic health and well-being. And it really is holistic because I cover, you know, absolutely everything. I can't count the amount of times people have said to me, oh, you know, you'd make, you'd actually make money if you just could niche it down. Why don't you just have your own, you know, organic beauty brand and just niche it to beauty or niche it to skincare or whatever. And I just go, can't do that, actually. <laughs> That's not possible because for me, you have to have the holistic picture. It really doesn't matter if you eat great, but your head's not in the right place or if you're a fantastic eco warrior, but you're putting, you know, um, scary chemicals on your body, you know, I, I, it really has to be holistic. So that's been my absolute passion and work for, for many years. I'm still doing all of the above. And then to add into the equation, I um, stopped drinking 17 months ago. 
Woo-hoo. So all of a sudden, I know, all of a sudden it's like, wow, we've got another whole level going down here. Um, because <laughs> for, for many, many years I was peddling this, you know, holistic well-being thing. And then, you know, come six o'clock, like, oh, you know, God's sake, I'm exhausted. I'm, you know, I've got four kids. I've got a business to run. My God, do I deserve a glass of wine kind of thing. And then justifying it to myself, this was all completely normal, which of course it is normal. But that doesn't make it right. And so finally, I, I feel like I found the missing bit of the jigsaw puzzle and absolutely everything, you know, has changed. So I've, I've launched my podcast and um, yeah, I can't stop talking about it now. <laughs> Does that sum it up beautifully for you? Beautifully. I mean, we just whizzed through, is it 59 years of, of life? Oh, Christ. How dare, how very dare you? I'm in 40, showbiz, sweetie. I'm in showbiz. 40. I'm going backwards. <laughs> yeah. You know what is amazing? You do actually get younger. You do. You actually get younger when you get sober. I'm, I'm, fr- I'm afraid you do. We're, we're going to, well, I can't um, divulge too much yet, but um, we're going to do something around exactly this. Um, <laughs> Good. With a bit of research, we're doing with Stirling University. And, oh, fantastic. Um, and, and come out with stuff like exactly what is the average age of reduction that reducing and removing alcohol is. And oh, that's a fantastic idea. That's it's probably 10 idea. years. Right. Well, I am absolutely convinced that I've got younger. I, I have. I honestly have. <laughs> she says proudly. But, you know, I was getting to a stage where I was actually really starting to panic because I was thinking, because I always thought, I'd, you know, I'd done relatively well. I was relatively fit. You know, I looked okay. And I was getting to a point where I thought yoga classes are getting really hard now. Can't actually, I felt dizzy. I felt, you know, really kind of bloated up and everything felt like I just didn't have enough energy. I wasn't sleeping properly. All the usual stuff, you know, but most people rock through and then they just accept that. They just accept that that is their life from then on in. And how amazing that you've actually got a choice. Amazing, (laughs) isn't it? Amazing to make this realization. But the realization doesn't come easy, does it? It's not like you wake up. No, not at all. It takes years. Yeah. Yeah, years and years and years. And I think, you know, I mean, that's the main, the main thing that I'm trying to do with my podcast. And, and I know with the work that you guys do is, is just get across this message that it, because it feels so terrifying because of all the things you think you're going to have to give up. That's why it feels so terrifying. Nobody wants to enter into a, a period, you know, a, a life, lifelong misery of being boring and having a crap time. You know, so our, our kind of subconscious mind holds on to, no, 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 I must stay where I am because otherwise life will be crap. But actually when you realize, when, you can, when it can dawn on you that it's not, you know, you're not giving up anything. You're just gaining everything. And when you can get that in your head, everything changes. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Seeing all the advantages, seeing all yeah. the positives around it. Do you think this is jumping all over the place? So me, but do you think, in a way, some of the original alcohol abstinence or alcohol reduction programs have facilitated that fear because they are? It's absolutely nothing. You cannot go anywhere near it. You have to stay well away. You have to. Be yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. You eliminate yourself from society and you have to label yourself as somebody who will always suffer from that problem. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly the, I think, the stumbling block for a huge number of people. As we well know, there are gray areas of drinking. There isn't just people who are absolutely, you know, dramatic rock bottom. And then everyone else is just a bit of a loser and can't hold their beer. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a whole spectrum in between, as we know. And if you're, you know, somewhere in the middle of that spectrum, I mean, obviously, the first important thing to say is you don't have to wait till you're at the bottom (laughs) before you get off. But if you're somewhere, you know, somewhere a little way down there, as I was, I was, you know, what's technically known as high bottomed, (laughs) how I wish. (laughs) But, you know, I was completely functioning, absolutely fine. Nobody but nobody knew I had any kind of issue. Never had a day off work, never had a, literally never, I don't know, I even really had hangovers. I mean, I felt like crap, but nobody would know. So if, if you're up there, there really doesn't appear to be anything for you at the beginning. Because for me, obviously, if you'd said to me, well, if you really do want to crack this, because obviously you go through a period where you start to think, oh my God, I, I really should do something. Then the next question you ask yourself is, well, what can I do? You can't possibly rock up to an AA meeting. Well, I couldn't. I couldn't identify with that, not for mm-hmm. one second. That is so not who I am in any way, shape or form. I couldn't start going and having coaching or counseling or, or anything around that because I didn't have anything to identify with. That doesn't fit who I am. I remember reading a book back then, it must have been about three years ago, maybe four years ago. And I read a book. I can't remember the title of it and I, I won't mention it anyway because that's not the point. But I read a book and it, it's the sort of book that should have resonated with me because it was, it was all about women who had, you know, had, given, had really realized and it was time and had given up alcohol. But the whole message of the book was you don't even think that you might be able to, you know, moderate your drinking or be practice mindful drinking or whatever the phrases we use now. This was a few years ago before anyone used those phrases. It was basically, you must give up and you must give up immediately. And for me, that was totally off-putting. I thought, I can't do that. I had no idea how I could do that. So, yeah, so I remember putting the book away, forgetting all about it, carrying on being miserable. I did, I did mention a few times, towards the end of my boozing days, I remember having various therapies, treatments, just because that's what I do you know, for my work as a journalist. I, I quite often review therapeutic treatments. And it didn't matter what I had, whether it was aromatherapy or Reiki or NLP or EFT or whatever the hell. <laughs> I would sometimes, if I felt kind of safe with the therapist, at the end of the session, I'd actually say, well, you know, you know what, there actually is something else going on. I think I really think I'm drinking too much and, you know, I don't, kind of don't know what to do. And they'd say, well, um, and almost in every case, they'd say, well, how much are you drinking? So I'd say, well, you know, half a bottle a night kind of thing, you know, maybe sometimes a bit more. And in absolutely every case, they'd say, well, it sounds kind of normal. Yeah. You know? Why? Because... They were drinking too, and yeah. it clearly wasn't an issue for them, and they didn't have the voice in their head that I had. You know? <laughs> Even GPs, I remember being brave enough to share my issue with a GP, and she just basically said, well, it sounds okay, but you know, why don't you just cut down a bit? What the hell? Why don't you just cut down a bit? If it were that simple, I think we'd all do, you know, everyone would, wouldn't they? You know, it takes a while till you realize, hold on a minute, now you know, with things like your stuff going on and online, various online communities like Club Soda and stuff like this, there is another way. And it's called give it a shot and see how it works for you. And you don't have to commit forever on day one. As it happened, you know, I did dry January and I never looked back, you know, couldn't even think about drinking again. Bonkers. 
It's amazing. Really well done for you. And um, thank you so much for joining the, I'm not going to say fight, but joining in the inspiration of inspiring others to find out the same thing. Mm. I think that's what we're, we're trying to say, right? We're trying to say to everybody, look, it took us years to discover. It took us years to take the journey and actually get to that point. But trust us, when you go through it and you experience it, you're like, oh my God, I don't believe I didn't do this before. It feels so amazing and everything else totally. just comes into place. So therefore, why wait the whole years? Just give it the shot, a challenge. It doesn't matter how far you get, do it in your own. That's really what we're here to say, isn't it? Absolutely. It really, really is. I think, I think that, you know, the message I'm trying to share, and I know you guys are, is if you think maybe you have an issue with alcohol, it doesn't really matter what level you're at. I don't care if you drink, you know, three glasses every Friday, you know, three bottles a night. It doesn't really matter. If you think you've got an issue, you've probably got an issue. So, you know, there's never been a better time than start to deal with it now and just give it a shot and see what happens. And if you can get over the tough stage because you know we have to be realistic it can be tough at the beginning for some people like really tough and if you can get over that you can suddenly hit a point where it's like the scales drop off we forget how much drinking is an illusion it paints this picture of glamour and everything being cool and being happy and and confidence and all of that and of course we now know that's just nonsense when the scales finally drop away from your eyes you go oh god there's another whole world out there you know that i never knew <laughs> there are two six o'clocks in one day how cool is that <laughs> oh yeah even on a sunday <laughs> yeah um you said i want to cast the net just ever so slightly wider and i'd like to say to anyone who has any health issue almost any health issue to anyone who has any mental health issues yeah. and to anyone who is waking up with sleep or relationship issues any of those three main things if you've got any issues in those areas then come and do the challenge because yeah I, definitely I, I almost assure you it'll have an impact on your mental health it'll have an impact on your physical health or all yeah. those health elements and it, what's bizarre is only now are we starting to see just how far reaching regular alcohol consumption is into creating these, you know, even sometimes terminal illnesses, but illnesses and yeah. diseases and all those problems. So, yeah, it's that's so true. You know, I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything that giving up alcohol doesn't improve. I mean, yeah. I've, I've heard stories from so many people. It improves everything. You know, here's a weird one. My eyesight's got better. I mean, what is that about? That's it's amazing. Incredible. I mean, I've always had poor eyesight. I've always worn, you know, glasses or contact lenses, but my eyesight has changed. I think I've, you know, they, they measure it in like diopters or whatever. And I've, I've actually gone down a, a whole diopter since not drinking. How cool is that? That I is mean, amazing. It, it changes everything. And then, I mean, in turn, you talk about mental health and well-being. I've never classed myself as anyone who had particular issues with anxiety. But now I look back, oh my God, I was always anxious about everything yeah. everything I thought that was just normal or you know childhood just stuff. worrying that's the way know. it is yeah, yeah. but yeah. I now realized you don't have to live like that all the time I mean once once the anxiousness went when, when you know the ridiculous anxiety went away I mean that was such a massive one for me and I suddenly realized oh my god the amount of people who are suffering from real serious depression and anxiety and and mental health issues of course I'm not saying that giving up alcohol will immediately cures everything and you come off your medication of course I'm not saying that for a second but I genuinely believe that giving up alcohol is it, the alcohol is not 
it exacerbates the problem. So without it, yes, you may still have some issues, but you're far better placed to be able to have a rational approach to dealing with them and to do it, putting things in place that you need to do, whether that's a bit more self-care, getting the support you need. You know, it doesn't take away all your problems, but it helps you see them far more clearly. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, it's helped me tremendously. It, it doesn't take away your problems, but it helps you see them far more clearly. And, and that's so spot on. So hear me out here. Before you took your alcohol-free pill, your alcohol-free journey, before you yeah. went on that journey of transformation, you were already studying and into health and well-being. Now, we, oh, yeah. we, we see a lot of people come into our program and perhaps they're, they're drinking too much and they may do a little bit of ex- little bits and pieces, but ultimately the One Year No Beer program is about introducing these healthy habits. And so yeah. they will take on a lot more things. They'll start meditating, they'll start exercising, they'll start looking at their diet, fitness, and, and doing these positive psychology techniques, which they weren't doing at all before. So I'm wondering if, whether twofold, how much of your transformation was exactly just down to just changing a relationship with alcohol? How much of that transformation was, and how much of the health and well-being stuff were you doing before? And the last little bit to that is, how much easier was it to stick to the health and well-being stuff once you'd removed alcohol and actually were implementing those things? If I can remember all the bits of the question, (laughs) I think you're asking, you know, because I feel, you know, transformed and as I say, younger, (laughs) I'm going to stick with that. How much of that was down to just giving up the booze or or, or are you saying at the same time, did I also decide to go on an amazing diet and start exercising? No, the truth is I didn't do anything actually at all. In fact, I kind of try and advise people that getting sober is priority number one. And I, yes, I did need to lose weight. And I'm not one of those people who lost weight because, because I gave up the booze, much to my bloody annoyance, actually. It's very annoying. I know some people just drop the pounds straight away. I didn't. I fully expected, you know, within three weeks to be like the, you know, Duracell bunny and dancing around with energy and have lost loads of weight and skin look great. And of course, it doesn't work that way. However, I quickly realized that this was, you know, focus number one. And I was just going to focus on that, whatever it took. And for me, that actually meant I went through a bit of a period of probably eating more crap than I would normally. Yeah. Certainly, I, cer- I certainly got a bit of a sugar head on. I mean, I tried to make it decent. You know, I'd have 80% raw cacao or whatever. You know, I'd have some decent chocolate. I'd have, I tried to make it relatively okay, just because my background, I'm so in, it's so instilled in me. I, I, I tried to be as good in inverted commas as possible, but I was hammering the sugar for a good long time. But you know what? I allowed myself that because for me, it's like somebody wrote a fabulous blog, The Pregnancy Principle. It's that. It's like when you're pregnant, that's it. You focus on that. You just, this is the most important thing. You're not going to drink. You're not going to have soft cheese or whatever the hell else. You're not going to do while you're pregnant. End of. And, and that was my focus. And I'm glad I did that, actually. Yeah. I literally did nothing else different at all. Until actually about a week ago, (laughs) literally about a week ago, which were a lot of months in, I finally now feel ready to actually, I need to shed a few pounds and and, and get a little bit fitter. So, but it's, that's taken me a long time. You know, we're all different and I wasn't ready. It was enough for me to do for the first, certainly eight months to a year. It was enough for me to do to get properly sober. I mean, bear in mind, I didn't even come out till I was three months yeah. I mean, at all to anybody. How bizarre is that? Now I look how, back, I think, what the hell? How, how were you shielding that publicly then? 
Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I suppose I just, I just had, a, you know, if someone said, do you want a drink? I said, oh, yeah, that'd be great. I love sparkling water, please. Yeah. My family didn't even realise, you know, the, my teenagers bought me bottles of wine for Mother's Day. I had to go and have a little cry in the other room, you know. I couldn't, I don't know what it was about. It's so weird. I know other people feel the same way sometimes. It was because I didn't, I didn't have enough support. I now know that if I'd have gotten more support earlier on, I didn't need to go through that. That's yeah. why, the, you know, the stuff you do is so great, Club Soda. But at the time, I, I didn't know that support was out there. And so I was, doing, I was trying to do this on my own. So I felt a huge sense of shame absolute shame and I felt totally weird about what I was I couldn't I, I felt like I was floating I wasn't grounded in it it's a really bizarre thing but for the first three months I couldn't tell anybody I didn't feel grounded I didn't feel solid in what I was doing it's only when I hit three months and I suddenly found some support online support and you know kind of realized oh wait a minute there's a whole world out there there's quit lit there's podcasts then I was away. But yeah, to start with, it was a secret. There was another bit of your question though that I haven't answered. I've forgotten what it was. I've forgotten as well, but <laughs> I think your answers were absolutely beautiful. And I th- it's really interesting about this. I, I was chuckling a bit there and then suddenly I had this stark realization that there are probably millions of people sitting around the world in that same place of yeah, definitely. Uh, fear and loneliness and you know, they don't know who to turn to or where to go or anything like that. And Absolutely. If you're in that position, it takes a hell of a lot of, of willpower. And, you know, you've got to be incredibly strong to give yourself a reason to carry on. Because when the chips are down and you have a shit day, it's so easy just to tip up back into it. If you've got support, I mean, they, everyone says that that's the opposite of addiction. It's connection. And if you've totally. made those connections, if you've got that support, if you've got somebody else cheering you on, there's a sense of accountability. And, and that was the bit I was missing. And when I, when I got that accountability, when I came out, as it were, and I, and I, I did a public, oh my God, my heart was in my mouth. I was terrified. And when I finally kind of came out, I thought, oh my goodness, I've actually I've made myself accountable now. Now, if I tip up, I'm really going to feel like, a, a, you know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to upset myself, but everybody else as well is going to kind of feel a bit sorry for me. And I, I didn't want that. So I think it's the accountability as well. So yeah, but there will be millions of people. I mean, f- fortunately, things are changing because even just a few years ago, there wasn't really anywhere for people in that situation. That's right. Say, other than the, the obvious, you know, recovery kind of places, there wasn't anything for people going it alone. So it's brilliant now that there is so much out there to support yeah. people who, you know, want to do this a different way. A million percent. And if anybody's listening to this podcast and they are feeling alone, then what are you doing? Sign up to One Year No Beer. <laughs> There's tens of thousands of people all over the world who want to support you through this change. And the feeling of relief that you'll feel the moment you come inside and join us. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I've been doing some events with a charity. We've been doing some self-care for the Sober Curious events, we call them. And, and it's great doing things like that because people can get, it's totally non-judgmental. Anyone can come. It's very informal. It doesn't matter if you're drinking or not drinking, who cares? But we just try and provide some inspiration. And for people who come along to that, it's really quite interesting because people are terrified before they come in. A lot of people say, oh, I, did, I kind of hung around the door. I didn't know whether to come in or not. There's oh, something, awesome. yeah, but there's something really you know, it's really motivational when you can step through a door and meet other people who also might be sober curious. And where that can take you is it's amazing. So tell us a bit more about those. 
When yeah, so and where? I, I, basically, I'm working with this little charity called My Yard. They provide healthy food for people in crisis. So someone whose life, you know, families perhaps or individuals whose lives have just kind of tipped up all of a sudden. There's not a lot of help for those people often. And they provide all kinds of stuff, treatments, food, but always completely healthy. Amazing work they're doing. Tiny, tiny, tiny charity, but they're doing amazing things. And when they were sharing some of their, you know, organic veg or whatever it was, they suddenly realized how many people were also having issues with with addiction and with mental health problems, which were exacerbated by alcohol. So they came to me and said, look, do you want to team up and do something? And yeah, why not? So we started in January, I think it was, or February, and we've done the, the events monthly and they're free. Anyone can come. They're in East London, in Dalston. And we always have an inspirational guest and we have vegan nibbles and obviously alcohol-free drinks, kombucha or whatever it might be. And it's really cool. It's just very informative. We've had some great guests. Uh, We had Claire Pooley, author of The Sober Diaries. And we had uh, Richard from Alcohol Change UK last month, which is really interesting. The guys from Rock Sober have been guests. And so, yeah, you guys should come down. That would be great. Andy's Andy's around the corner. Yeah, okay, well. Okay, we'll hold him to that. He can definitely, definitely be our guest at the next one. Okay, that's booked. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's really cool. So we, they're roughly once a month, about the third week of the month. They're always on a Monday, which is a bit of a pain, but never mind. It's um, the only night we can get the venue, and the venue allows us to uh, do the whole thing for free. So nothing costs anything, anybody any money. And, you know, the charity fund it, and then we do a raffle, and people can win all kinds of lovely holistic stuff. I get the companies I work with to give me very cool organic skincare and hair care and all sorts of amazing stuff. So people go away with uh, more than they Products. came in with. Yes, uh, good. product and uh, ho- hopefully lots of inspiration. Brilliant. We should definitely get Andy down there and then mm. do stuff for the goodie bag. Yeah, that, that would be brilliant. Oh, did, you, did I tell you that I'm also doing a TED Talk? How cool is that? Yes. I know. How cool is that? Fantastic. And that, and that was funny because I literally... I literally trotted that application off at oh, something like 9 p.m. and the applications had to be in by midnight. And I remember thinking, you know, I mean, this would be great, but it's probably not going to happen. And I, had, I was away at the time. I had nothing with me, no video, none of my video material, nothing that I could kind of show that, uh, that I was actually an okay speaker. <laughs> so I just went onto YouTube, picked up a few of my own clips, bunged in this application, and yay, I've got this TED Talk. Very cool. I mean, I know there's already quite a lot of TED talks out there on sobriety but hey you know the world's open to another one hang on wait a minute there's already no 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 that's irrelevant i mean there's, <laughs> yeah, there's, of loads, of, there's <laughs> loads of ted talks on artificial intelligence Does well that, that's true that's true no, 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 no that's no. true that's just it's my crafting. syndrome. <laughs> yeah let's get rid of that take that one out get yeah. out of here you imposter syndrome um, yeah i know no, it's quite nerve-wracking i mean i've been doing when public is it? speaking for years july 13th at the uh tedx norwich ed so it's tedx Ooh. ed in norwich it's, it's a big one yeah it's super exciting I, i've been talk, doing gigs you know speaking gigs for years and years and years but this is so much more nerve-wracking yeah it's so short. So. and when you do a short talk it's when you do a long talk you can witter for ages and yeah. people can ask questions but you've really got to get your act together when it's you really get your messages across so you do. yeah so that's exciting no pressure there and yeah no pressure <laughs> <laughs> well well done that's great now i noticed that you mentioned quitlet yeah. and those who don't know what quitlet is and you're missing out but that means um quitting literature so it's all the literature around going alcohol free so what was your experience of quitlet and what are some of your favorites and what do you get from them 
Oh, gosh. Well, it was the catalyst for the change, really, because what happened for me was I work on um, BBC Radio 2 and we often interview, well, everyone, celebs, actors, you know, authors. And it was just before Christmas 2017. And we went off for a break for kind of one and a half weeks before the new year. And usually when we have authors coming in on the show, we get their book, if we're lucky, the night before, you know, if we're lucky, because, you know, and as anyone who works in the media will know, you often don't get time to actually read the full book that a, that's a guest is, is, is coming in to talk about. You just get, you get a gist of it. So you get it the night before. In this instance, because we were going off on a kind of recess, the producer said to me, oh, we've got this guest coming in, this author coming in, first day back in January. So can you read the book? You know, check out the book over Christmas. This is the only opportunity I'll get to give you the book. So can you look at it? So I pick up this book. It's called The Sober Diaries by Claire Pooley. <laughs> and I looked at it and I thought, oh, God, right. That's interesting. <laughs> and that <laughs> totally. is interesting. With everything yep. going on in my life, I thought, oh, I think I'll read this one then. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I read it. I couldn't put it down. It was, you know, obviously Claire's journey. Well, she was exactly like me, you know, busy, busy mum and a working kind of in the media and her, you know, knowing that she had to stop and her, her journey through it all, the good and the bad. And I was captivated absolutely captivated by this book and I finished reading it on December the 29th 2017 and December 30th stopped drinking and I thought well here's what I'm going to do I'll I'll stop drinking at least till Claire comes in <laughs> on the 4th of January so won't have a drink for you know a week and a bit even though it's going to be over new year I thought and then when I meet Claire I'll you know, maybe I decide to do dry January because everyone else is. And that was absolutely, yeah, I never looked back. So, uh, but at that point, I still only thought that there was Claire's book out there. So I was kind of hanging on to Claire's book for grim death, really. <laughs> Kept rereading it. And then, of course, she came in, she did a fantastic interview. And I, you know, I told her that she'd inspired me and she was so lovely. And then later down the line, as I say, when I finally realized that there was all this other support out there, I came across a whole bunch of other books. So, I mean, to name just a few, because I'm a little bit obsessive, actually, about this stuff. (laughs) So you'll have me here for days if I tell you everything. (laughs) But The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober was... um, Catherine Gray. Yeah, Catherine Gray, who has been on my podcast, by the way. Fantastic woman. And oh, God, oh, I love that book. I mean, man alive, how I wish I'd thought of that title. I mean, I'm very glad for her that she did. <laughs> but it doesn't get better, does it? It really is the unexpected joy. It's natural joy to be sober. And I could never have realized that. So I totally loved her book. And I, uh, I got to meet her and interview her for the podcast, which was great. And then other faves include Mrs. D is Going Without. I love that. Lotta Dan from New Zealand. I interviewed her last week. Books like Dry or... Augustine Burroughs for a, a much heavier kind of read. Um, he's an American guy. I loved, I loved slightly unusual things like Sober Stick Figure, Amber Tozer. Not everyone's read though some of these. Alcohol Explained, uh, William Porter. He's been yes. another one of my guests. That's, that's a very different book. That's not a memoir. That's, that's literally, okay, here's what alcohol does to your body. You know, learn it, realize it, get over it kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So I like that for its much more logical approach. There isn't any kind of, there's no memoir stuffing there. There's nothing fluffy. He just gets straight to the point. I really like that. Obviously, in the same way that Annie Grace does. 
um, with this naked mind. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And of course, the one that underpins all of those, in my opinion, is Jason Vale's book, Kick the Drink Easily, yes. which came out years ago. Now, yeah. Jason is one of my mates. He, I've known Jason for years. Oh, and, cool. and isn't it interesting that all the years I've known Jason and known about his book, I had ne- it had never occurred me occurred to me to actually properly <laughs> read the book, uh, even though I've known him years and years and promoted the book and oh god Funny, Am- amusing it is it's it's odd when but we're now, not ready course, when we're not ready we well, that, that's absolutely right absolutely right I wasn't I wasn't ready to listen then and, and also in fairness Jason's book is unashamedly you know alcohol is terrible abstain forever yeah, you know it definitely yeah. isn't it's fine to very think much about, you know so yeah, it was it would have it was yeah it was too much for me. And that's, you know, that's why for me, I loved, well, I actually think now, now I think that the mix of them all together is pretty brilliant. So if you, if you can read lots of different people's stories and then you underpin it with, you know, the hard and fast Jason Vale, kick the drink easily, the Annie Grace's naked mind, William Porter, I'll explain. You've got the kind of the academic side in inverted commas and the mindset stuff, the NLP. But you've but then if you can pepper that with the memoirs, you get the real people. You get the people mm-hmm. who maybe slip up sometimes or maybe decide, you know, what whatever it is, and it makes it much more real. So I could mention loads more, but I'm sure that's enough. And in terms of podcasts, <laughs> when I got into podcasts, oh man, alive, I thought I'd died and gone to heaven. <laughs> I mean, really. Really? So I love the home podcast. I know they don't do it anymore, but a couple of girls in, in America, that was just awesome. And I came across, I forgot her name, Rachel Hart, is it? Who's got a great podcast. I just so I literally was inhaling this stuff. And it's been what's changed me. It really has been what's changed me. Learning. Um, and, and what inspired me to do my own. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it's really, really difficult if you just rock on with your own life and you don't get any inspiration from anywhere. Because then when you're feeling down and your mates say, oh, you know, come on, just have one, there's, there isn't anywhere to go in your head it's to just, well, yeah, I guess I may as well. But when your head is absolutely chock full with, you know, people supporting you, people egging you on, people waiting to see whether you've made it through another day and, and, and books that have inspired you where other people have had the same question and you know how they've dealt with it, it changes everything. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. And absolutely spot on. Would you do me a favor and just let Jason know I'm deeply, deeply grateful. You know, he is a major factor in the birth of One Year No Beer. Oh, great. Um, yeah. Oh, he'll be thrilled. He he'll, yeah, I should, I I'll, so, um, I'll see him soon. Yeah. Oh, really? From the book. How brilliant. Love to get him on yeah. the podcast or do stuff like that with him one day. But, yeah. yeah, he's a busy boy. Have you ever been to he his is. retreats? His retreats no. are amazing. Oh, they're amazing. Oh, goodness, I've been more times than I can count. So, yeah, his <laughs> retreats are absolutely incredible. He's a real powerhouse. And, of course, he doesn't even really think about this stuff now because he's been sober for so many years. It's actually mm-hmm. not a thing for him anymore. In fact, that's a question I always wonder. I wonder at what point it's not a thing. <laughs> because it's more yeah. of a thing for me. Every day yeah. I'm sober, it's we'll more of a thing. We'll see. <laughs> Soon, so soon, but you know, I guess it's I guess it's like the, the it's almost a, a siege, and you start and and it and it starts with one or two people in a battle, and then it goes on mm. to be more, and then everybody's yeah. got their armies out, and it gets to absolutely massive, and then eventually you're the winning side, and then it goes back to life as normal, and the farmers come out and start 
Yeah, I guess. I guess. I mean, I suppose so. <laughs> Unless you're like us, your kind of life's work is aiming to inspire others. And then I suppose it's always going to be a big thing, isn't it? I mean, I can't imagine now. I set out, when I set out to do the podcast, I had no idea whether anyone would listen at all. And I just thought, I just want to do it anyway, because it gives me an excuse to talk to cool, really cool people and interview them. But now I can't actually imagine not doing that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. You know, for me as well, back in 2017, so a similar sort of journey time to you, I guess. That's when I sent a tweet to a journalist. We got featured on BBC World News and I had a message from a friend saying, I've just seen you. And it was in Italy. And I said, yeah. I've just seen you on BBC World News. I think what you're doing is amazing. Um, I'm meeting the Dalai Lama next week. Would you like to yeah. meet him? And a week oh, later, wow. yeah, a week later, I sat down with the Dalai Lama, which is when everything in my life made sense, you know, from, wow. from six years old, 14, all of these series of events. And I was like, I found it. And I went straight back in on the Monday and handed in my notice as an oil broker. And my oh, bosses were really? like, are you mad? Are you insane? You just built this business. Are you crazy? And I was like, I can't do another day. And yeah. I know where my purpose and my meaning is. And when you have those things in your yeah. life, yeah. it makes all of those addictive tendencies, those those needs, that all that stuff, so much less. And I'm not going to say go away because yeah. that would be a lie. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, I mean, p- part of the work that I do, I, I didn't even mention it when I talked about my various hats, but there is another hat, <laughs> which is that I do kind of PR and media coaching and media relations and stuff like that. And people who want to be, who want to get their brand out there and they're experts and authors and teachers and I do all of that stuff and the reason I'm saying that is because one of the things that comes up every time I work with a client or I'm coaching or whatever is this issue of finding your purpose and you know really doing what you're here to do and I actually think everybody whether they've got a business or a brand or, or whether they have a regular job or whether they stay at home it doesn't matter what it is you still have a purpose and you still are brand you as it were, that kind of authenticity. And I think when once you get sober, that's the time when people can often, they often go, oh my God, I'm, I'm in the wrong job. Or mm, I need exactly. to start a business or I need to start a charity or I need to yep. write that book I always said I was going to write. Oh God, now I can see I need to do it now. And that's when it's so exciting that, you know, that with so, those scales come off and suddenly you can see what your path is meant to be. So I, I love working. Yeah, really, really is. We'll talk about more more about that um, after this podcast because we can definitely do with some more help there. Um, but that's one of the reasons why we started <laughs> the mastermind. And a mastermind is our six week program, which starts looking at you know really it's when you've gone through that awakening process and you're like, what's next for me in my life? And you know, yeah. what do I want written on my gravestone? What do I want to be known for? What do I want to do? Who am I? And so that's why we created yeah. that whole program for people to sort of go through that and go you know what, this is, this is the next leg of the journey for me. So it can totally. be, this alcohol-free thing can be so transformational and it makes us so passionate about it. We become, well, podcasters and... Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Jeannie, what would you say to somebody who's listening right now who's thinking about maybe taking a break from booze? Oh, I'd say absolutely go for it. You know, arm yourself with some tools. Don't, you know, end up just being Billy No Mates miserable. Get yourself part of some kind of community, you know, one year no beer, whatever it might be. Get it, you know, an online community or, or, or it doesn't matter how you do it. 
a month is all right. You know, whatever you guys recommend in terms of the challenge, I think it, it, it matters. I think what matters is get started. You know, this great phrase, you don't have to get it right. You do have to get it going. And just absolutely absorb, just inhale all of these, you know, as much knowledge and inspiration as you can. Because when I was feeling, you know, a day, I don't know, whatever, 15, 20, when I felt really, really crap, really miserable, very lonely, you know, all kinds of aches and pains, you know, I mean, my body had to adjust for God's sake. We all, we always forget how your body has to recalibrate. You know, it's not having all those, that wine and sugar and calories and crap coming in and, and, and your, your body goes through something, you know, all kinds of weird stuff. But when I was at that really low point, that's when I needed to be reading lots of this quitlet that shows you that, you know, hang on in there because a little bit later down the line, day 30, you know, you've, some th- things change. Day 60, wow, things are really changing. Get to day 90, man alive, you start rocking, you know, and you can hang on to it if you can, if you can read several times over that the inspiration is there. So I would say absolutely make a start as of straight away. Don't wait for next week or after you, you know, your, the next party or after the next wedding you're going to. Start straight away. I started the day before New Year's Eve. It was, it was perfect, absolutely perfect. It's always the right time straight away. Just make the decision, but make sure you've got some tools in place. Order a book on Amazon first or whatever it is. Go to your bookshop and download a podcast so you've got some inspiration for when you're feeling low. Fantastic. That was amazing. You are an absolute inspiration. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. And um, I'm sure we'll be hearing some more of you, Janie. How do we get more of you? Where do we find out more from you? Okay. So, well, on social media, I'm at Janie Lee Grace. It's J-A-N-E-Y at Janie Lee Grace. So you can find me on Instagram. I promo lots of the uh, sober events and things on Instagram. Uh, Facebook is the same at Janie Lee Grace. And then my website is janieleegrace.com or you can type in alcoholfreelife.co.uk and that'll take you straight blog posts and various bits and bobs about the um, events that we're doing. Self-care for the Sober Curious events, as I say, wherever you are, if you can get to London, they're free events, they're pretty much monthly and they're always cool, always really inspiring. So um, it would be lovely if more people wanted to uh, come along to those. And of course, the podcast is called Alcohol Free Life and you can hear that for free on any of your usual platforms. And Andy's going to be at the next event, so we <laughs> yes, he is. That well, actually, this, yeah. to all of our audience. So, next, awesome. Yeah, I don't, I don't know when this goes out, but we've got an event next Monday, and then we've got another one in July. So uh, maybe we need him down for that one. Brilliant. Thanks so cool. much for your time, Jenny. Awesome to see you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. for listening to the One Year No Beer podcast. For a full list of episodes and to join in the challenge yourself, head on over to oneyearnobeer.com. One